And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, I know I'm late. I'm sorry. Put my name on the board. If I get a check mark by my name, then send me to the principal's office. At least that's how it used to work. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. We are live from the bunker here at World Headquarters. At SciFiForMe.com, my name is Jason Hunt, I am the editor here, which means I get to make the coffee and take out the trash. That's pretty much the, the privilege that comes with that title. We are on most of the usual podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Double Twitch, Listen Notes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify... And you can sign up for an RSS feed for either our audio programs or the YouTube channel here. <coughs> Excuse me. We're also broadcasting to Facebook. We are not sending the signal to Twitch today, and there's a reason for that. I'll get into that here in a moment. We're on all the socials, including the alternative socials. And... You can sign up for a newsletter. The link is in the show description as well as over at sci-fi4me.com. And we try to get those out on the regular. Uh, there's a PayPal link. There's a Subscribestar link in case anybody wants to support us that way. But we're glad you're here regardless. And if you are new, we're glad you're here. We hope you stick around. And those of you who have stuck around, thank you for coming back. We do appreciate everybody who shows up. The chat is open if you want to participate in the conversation live. If you are uh, post-live, you can still leave us a comment or send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com. And coming soon... We mentioned that uh, we mentioned that the Twitch. We're not doing the Twitch right now. The, the reason for that, uh, I was watching, and I don't even remember whose stream it was. I want to say it was Michael Bancroft's stream. He had somebody on uh, last week talking about the Twitch affiliate program, which we are a part of, and made mention of one of the clauses, one of the one of the pieces of that agreement. I went back and double checked, and sure enough, it's there. Twitch has this clause in their affiliate agreement that says anything that you broadcast to Twitch as a live stream, uh, they get the first they get the the first twenty four hours exclusive. So given that we send this signal out to several different platforms at once, uh, it's kind of, I don't, I don't want to use the word problematic, but it's not in our best interests to maintain the affiliate agreement if we do that, uh, sending this signal several different places. So we've got to figure out what we're going to do to send a signal over to the Twitch channel that's not the YouTube channel. So... 
it's one of those things that we have to adjust and and figure out, and uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, it will probably involve uh, going back. Well, we've got a few a few gamers in our midst, and we'll probably do some more game streams. I've done a little bit of that. Every now and again, you can watch me play solitaire. So, uh, hello, Robert and Mazerus. Um, uh, Robert says, yes, you can't multi-stream on Twitch once you reach the partner level. Mazer says, it's a, yeah, you aren't going to tell me how to broadcast in this regard, Twitch. Thanks. <laughs> I Well, I would. Uh, normally, I would agree with you, Mazer. I think that um, this is, well, okay, Mazer, this is different. I think I know what you're talking about. This is different from the email that got sent out, the terms and conditions that got changed for Twitch. Because Twitch sent out a note here not too long ago that said that they were going to start monitoring uh, channel channel streams, channel broadcasters. They're going, they were going to start monitoring your behavior off Twitch. Now, that's a different thing from when you get to the affiliate level and start making money on Twitch, there are certain agreements and requirements that are in place. So these are two different things. Um, and I think, Mazerus, that might be what you're referring to, is that Twitch telling us how we can behave outside of Twitch, which is completely unacceptable. Um, <clears throat> but within the Twitch biosphere... Uh, there are there are certain things with the affiliate level and the partner level uh, that are requirements in order to make money because the revenue that's generated you're now you're now part of that and so there are some different uh, there are some different pieces and requirements you have to adhere to, which is fine. I mean, within Twitch they have certain requirements. You that's that's how they do business, and if we want to keep our affiliate status and be able to do watch parties and be able to have ad revenue and subscriptions and that sort of thing. Okay, fine. Uh, but the, the requirement that your stream stays exclusive to Twitch for 24 hours, that puts a limitation on everything else that we're going to do. So we're going to do the everything else, and then we're going to figure out what we can do over on Twitch that can that we can be comfortable with that being an exclusive. And more than likely, it's going to be stuff like gameplay, which is what Twitch is supposed to do anyway. Uh, and and let me be very clear that at no point in the future do I have any plans whatsoever to put a hot tub anywhere for our Twitch stream. Just to be clear, because... I I don't know how many channels are doing this. <coughs> uh, one, I don't have the looks for it. Two, I don't have that kind of patience for it. And three, we don't have a hot tub in the studio. So... Uh, anything that we do, if we were, if we were to have a hot tub on the property anywhere, it would have to be outside. And that involves now then all sorts of, of technical stuff. I mean, where do you put the camera and you got to run the cables. You got to make sure that it's weatherproof. Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's just a big hassle. 
So no hot tub streams for us. We will probably do uh, more gameplay uh, over there. I know uh, uh, Gabe has done some of that. I've done a little bit. We'll probably pull in some more people. If you if you want to stream some gameplay for us, you know, we'll take some volunteers. So <clears throat> anyway, so there we are. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> besides which, you know, that's that. I, you know, I, it's funny because whenever I log in on Twitch, invariably there's going to be at least two channels in the thumbnails. You know, the the catalog of other channels that are available. Hey, look at all these, all of these channels. At least two of them are going to have some girl in a bikini in a hot tub doing a stream. And that's fine. You want to do that? As long as you're not doing anything illegal, then, you know, if you don't violate the terms of service for Twitch, then, you know, uh, hey, to each their own. But not for us. Sorry. So anyway, I know Robert says I'm leaving a lot of table, a lot of money on the table without a hot tub. Um, Side by Snob says I already have a hot tub. I could do it. So I, I guess I guess Snob is volunteering to do a hot tub stream. You could do that on your stream. You could do that on your YouTube channel. You could you could you could do hot tub in the snow because are you do you still have snow on the ground? That would be that would be something. Oh, and Eric Leland is in the chat. Welcome, sir. He says, will Hot Tub stream for Goodreads reviews? <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, Robert says, I meant to check out the Steampunk Netflix series, The Nevers. Yes, that we have. it's on my list. I haven't had a chance to, uh, haven't had a chance to look at it myself. And no, H2O podcast <laughs> is not going to be a Hot Tub stream. That would be extremely awkward. To begin with, <laughs> I'm telling Tim on you. Hey, you have a microphone. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, <laughs> see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break her of this habit here. I'm just point. saying he's willing to dress up for five thousand dollars. I'm sure for a good amount of money, okay, look, he'd be willing to do H two O in a hot tub. I mean, let's come on. be clear. Let's be clear. The five thousand dollar Sailor Moon thing clearly he tongue, has no shame. Clearly, tongue in cheek, and also going off of the assumption that it will never happen. I mean, if somebody wants to give us five thousand dollars and test Mister Harvey's resolve. That's a completely different thing. But he said that knowing that it will never happen. I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, one quick thing. There was there were a lot of there have been a lot of awards going on the last few uh, the last few days, uh, last couple of weeks, the the Visual Effects Society Awards. You've got the uh, the Hugo Award nominations came out. You've got, what, the Country Music Association. There's uh, several, several different uh, award uh, award ceremonies. Uh, I, I think the, the DGA Awards, you get the SAG after awards. And I'm looking at this, and of course we got the Oscars coming up. And so there are some comments uh, with regard to the Oscars 
And I don't want to get into this today. I want to look into this a little bit more. But basically, you've got the person who's in charge of the Oscars, a fellow by the name of Dwayne Barnes. Um, he's an actor. And basically, the his his premise here, his thought is that the Oscars uh, inclusion being the big highlight of the Oscars, more important than the TV ratings uh, is, is my quick takeaway from the headline. So I'm going to look into this because I think I, I think it's worth an exploration. The question of whether or not the awards that we have held in high regard for so long, whether they're relevant or not anymore. And I think, uh, I think an argument could be made for the answer to that being no. They're performative. Uh, but I'm not going to get into that today. Today we're going to talk about something else. Uh, Robert says, um, oh, Sci-Fi Snobs asked, asked about two grand. Uh, Robert says, just did taxes. I owe $1,300. If I got a refund, I might offer hot tub money. I, hot tub's not... Oh, okay. I have a way... I have a way we could do it. But I'm not... I'm not going to tell you. It's an unrefined thought right now, so I don't want to spoil the surprise. But I have... I have... I have a thought. Now, as far as that goes... We have discussed the possibility of an office dog only fans. We could still do that. I I don't know how much anybody would be willing to pay for a subscription to OnlyFans to sit and watch video and photographs of office dogs. But it's always an option. And maybe we do that over on Twitch. Maybe we do uh maybe we do um what was that show that we did for a while? Office Dog? Oh, yeah. yeah, we could do our Office Dog show over on, on Twitch, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, okay, over the weekend, Drug3PO and Ryan Kennel, targeted by the Brigade. Now, uh, those of you who are not familiar, there are a couple of YouTube channels. Uh, Drug3PO is out of Florida. I don't know where Ryan is. But uh, uh, Drunk3PO has had T-shirts available for sale over on Teespring. And one of them is uh, quoting uh, Gina Carano, sensitive, what was it, sensitive material? Something. Something like that, sensitive material. And, you know, the welcome to the rebellion and, and those kind of things. No, no copyright on any of this stuff. No logos or, or corporate anythings. Now, his Drunk3PO logo uh, could be considered parody, fair use. It's, it's 3PO with a fedora and a beard. So that could be, you know, but his, his Teespring store got taken down. And then his Public, they went to Public, And it wasn't even 48 hours before he got flagged and brigaded over there and has been taken down. And now Ryan Kennel finds himself as a target as well. T public taking down his stuff and and Ryan's Ryan's material was only a logo of his channel RK Outpost which doesn't even have artwork it's letters this is another example of those 12 emotionally constipated blue hair 
junior high mean girls going re, re, re all the way from their keyboards at home. This is brigading. This is false flagging. I have a question for them. Show me on the Brie Larson doll where you got triggered by this. Because this is stupid. These cream puffs are out here taking however much time they need to attack someone. They don't have anything to do with them. You don't have to interact with these people. You don't have to interact with Drunk 3PO or his audience. You don't have to interact with me or my audience. You don't have to interact with Ryan or anybody who's got a channel on YouTube or Twitter or wherever else. The fact that you're taking this kind of time to attack people just because they have a difference of opinion shows it demonstrates... You need help. And I don't want to minimize that because here in, you know, during lockdown and the pandemic, we've certainly seen, and there are a number of articles, we're going to get into this a little bit, the the mental health issues that have come up out of the, the lockdown and the pandemic. These are very legitimate concerns. I don't I don't want to make light of it and I don't want to minimize it. But there are people out there who have nothing better to do with their time than to attack other people for having different 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 opinions. And like I said, RK Outpost is all letters. There's no logo artwork. There's nothing there. It's just it's just letters from the alphabet. So is the alphabet triggering now? I know math is racist. Is the alphabet going to be the next mental struggle trigger? I mean, there's, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, now this is the tie-in to mental health. That's actually not the launching point because it, th- this was incidental. It just happened over the weekend. But really what happened, uh, last Wednesday, we had Eric Leland on the show uh, talking about his new book, Inhuman. It is a supernatural horror war story. It's set in Vietnam. And I finished it yesterday. It's a very good book. I, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I surprisingly I enjoyed it because it's not it's not the normal kind of thing that I would that I would read. Uh, I'm not much into horror stories so much. This one's more supernatural than it is horror. I mean, there's demon possession and whatnot. It's 564 pages. I will have a review up sometime this week. I hope. But Eric sent me a, a note on Facebook. And uh, he says, quote, I received a very kind message from a vet who saw your show saying he appreciates that more people are talking about their mental struggles. Thanks again for having me on. And that got me thinking about what's been happening, because over the weekend, Mrs. Boss and I had a had a conversation about this kind of thing as well. And and I not not to put too too much detail into it, but, you know, talking about the challenges of the pandemic and the lockdown and the fact that everybody has been in isolation for so long and the the toll that it's taking on on people and i thought maybe we'd spend a, a little bit of time here just kind of not get too far into the weeds and and to be clear i'm not a mental health specialist at all 
All right. This is just me riffing with my opinion and sharing some thoughts, and it doesn't have anything to do with any kind of expertise. All right. I don't want to claim any kind of expertise in this. These are just observations. And as we go through this now, we are how many, how many days, 300 and 380 some odd days into our 15 days to, to flatten the curve. It starts to wear on a person. I have noticed for myself uh, changes in changes in behavior, changes in expectation. Um, there is uh, there is more. There are more incidents for me during the day, during the week, where the decision to get out of the house or get out of the office, to get out among people is so frustrating that I don't do it. The idea of interacting with people is... I don't want to say daunting. It's not intimidating. It's just frustrating. I'm tired. And I've gotten to the point where there are, there are days I am perfectly fine being completely in isolation here in the office because it's, that's where we started anyway. It was easier. The lockdown was easier on me than it was on Mrs. Boss. And I know for a lot of people who, who work from home, there's not that much difference. But for people who worked outside the home and now they're stuck at home, it does take its toll. For those of us who work from home to begin with, it's taken its toll as well. And I've gotten to the point now where I just don't want to get out at all. And I know that's not healthy either. Because, one, you need to get out and get in the sun. You know, UV rays being a good disinfectant. Vitamin D being good for the immune system. It's, it's good to get out. It's good to get outside. And I need to take my, my own advice on this a little bit more and actually get out of the house and stand outside. But the mental health toll that it takes on this uh, is, is something that I don't think enough people are talking about. And this conversation started with um, with Eric's note and this idea that you have uh, a, ser- a certain segment of the population, not just in the United States, but worldwide, that are feeling the effects of this on a, on a, on a very acute level. And... We, we talk about, you know, COVID being the deadly disease and you have numbers that kind of contradict that in certain demographics, uh, your, your survival rate is much higher than the media would have you believe. And not enough people are talking about the mental health and the and the side effects, I guess you could say. Uh, suicide is up. Depression is up. Uh, domestic abuse cases are on the rise, uh, are, have been up. And that's a concern. And then you have, on top of that, with veterans, 
Uh, we talked about this a little bit on last Wednesday. The the transition, the challenges of transitioning back to civilian life after being deployed overseas, whether they were in combat or not. And combat, of course, exacerbates that because now you have the the risk of PTSD. Uh, you have a number of places where uh, people in neighborhoods, especially around 4th of July, they're starting to be a little bit more aware of this kind of thing uh, with regard to fireworks and, and PTSD. Those conversations need to be happening. Those, those, those discussions, if they're done with respect, if they're done with an eye towards some kind of I don't want to say resolution because some of these are ongoing things. There's not a resolution to be had. But when you have a solution of some sort to deal with these conditions, whether that's therapy or whether it's, you know, your neighbor's coming by and checking on you or, or what, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer to this, I know. For me, personally, I mean, I don't, I don't have the – I don't have that – uh, the military component of this. Uh, and and we've talked about this a number of times here and on H2O, Mr. Harvey and I both have dealt with uh, depression fits, I guess you could say. Um, uh, I have them f- not frequently, but when I do have them, they're they can they can put me they can put me against the wall and and it does take its toll mentally and emotionally and there have been days where the depression has been such has been at a particularly high level that i'm ready to walk away from all of this and it's in those moments uh, that especially, I mean, I'm glad that Mrs. Boss is around here all the time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she's, she's valuable to me, not just because she helps with this. She's valuable to me because she's my wife. She is my partner. She's my, my sounding board. And she is the one who is blessed or cursed with the responsibility of talking me down on those days. And we've had those conversations where um, I have made it clear, and she reminds me, that in those moments of really deep, dark, black clouds over my head depression... Those are the times where I am not supposed to make any kind of decision at all. Because I recognize that any decision that's made at that moment is probably not a sound decision. You know, they talk about your last will and testament being of sound-minded body. That that kind of thing needs to apply as well in your regular life, I think, where you need to be of sound mind and body in order to make decisions about your life and your life circumstances. And when you are not of sound mind 
and that can be a lot of different things, it's important that you have somebody that you can talk to who can talk you down from the ledge, who can sit there and say, there are better days, there are things worth worth fighting for, living for, concentrating on, focusing on, there are more important priorities. Here's, here's some things that you need to remember. Whether it's, you know, just getting your life organized. You know, Jordan Peterson says, clean your room. There was a, there was a Navy admiral who gave a, a commencement speech at the University of Texas uh, a few years ago, and I have, I have referenced this a few times. I can't remember his name. But he basically said, look, at the very beginning of your day, make your bed. It's a little thing. It's a tiny little thing. But it's an accomplishment, and it sets a frame of mind that helps you. Where you say, okay, I got something done. And that little thing could set off just enough endorphins. I've accomplished something. I've done something. I finished something. And it's the same with uh, crossing things off of your list. I make lists all the time. I mean... You ask Mrs. Boss, she'll, she'll, she'll tell you. I've got probably two or three different lists working at any given time during the, during the week. And I have a list in my head. And I have a list on, you know, Google Drive. I mean, I've got, I've got multiple lists. And it's very satisfying to be able to cross items off of those lists, to sit there and say, I've got that one done, especially if it's something that's been just sitting there, hanging, nagging at me, mocking me. You haven't cleaned the garage yet. That book needs to be moved off the dining room table. You know, those, those, some of them are little things. Some of them are bigger things. I've still got to finish the taxes for this year. I still have reviews that I've got to write. I have, you know, updates to IMDB that I need to do. I mean, there's, there's, there's a long, it's a long, it's a long list. It's a very long list. And there are certain people who can help me with some of it. But a lot of it, I have to do myself. And there aren't enough hours in the day. And you get done 12, 14, 16 hours in a day, you get tired. Fatigue also factors into this in terms of mental and emotional health. If you don't get enough sleep, you don't get enough rest, you're, if your diet is off, you know, all of these different things factor into this, and I don't think that the media <clears throat> is paying attention to all of this. It's all COVID numbers, how many people are dead, how many people are in the hospital, and nobody is thinking about the secondary effects. Nobody's thinking about the secondary impact of what's been going on, not just from a health standpoint. But the mental health standpoint, the stress of losing jobs, you know, how, how, many, how many economies have been shattered by businesses being closed, 
people losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods. And for some people, your livelihood defines who you are. For good or ill, there are some people who sit there and say, this is my job, this is who I am. They're like Batman in that way. You know, Bruce Wayne is the mask. I'm Batman. Batman is the job, but Batman is also who he is. And there are people that are like that. Their job is their world. And how many people have lost that in the last year? Mazur says, especially my age, no matter how much I nap during the day, I'm never as recharged, alert, and awake as I was first thing in the morning. Yep. Well, and I've seen a number of places where they say, you know, talk about uh, trying to get things done. If you have things that you need to accomplish, get something done early in the day. Get the most important thing done in the morning because that's when you're at your most alert. And there could be something to that. And I spend a lot of time with coffee in my hand. Because there are days where I'm just ready to drop. And there is a correlation there. You get tired. It's easier to get depressed. Or when you're depressed, it's easier to get tired. There's, it, you know, visy vice they, they, they go hand in hand. There's that fatigue where you sit there and go, oh, I just don't want to keep going. It's important to have somebody to talk to when you do when you get there. Hopefully you don't get there. Hopefully that you can you can recognize signs. And I have gotten to the point in my 51 years where I can recognize certain aspects of a depression fit and I can see it coming most of the time. I can recognize, oh, okay, here it comes. There are days when it comes out of the blue and just slams me up against the 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 wall and and takes me by surprise but for the most part i can sit there and say okay i see it coming and i can do certain things to try to mitigate it if not prevent it altogether but there are days when it's just i it's this is just going to be one of those days Uh, Mazur says, I understand more than ever why the elderly and older folks in the world like to get a leg up on the day first thing. Yeah, that there's there's something to it. I mean, it's, it's like I said, if you accomplish something at the beginning of the day, you are programming, you're subconsciously programming. You fire off those endorphins. I got something done. I accomplished something. I'm finished. Let's go do the next thing. And it's a confidence booster. Whether it's a little thing or it's a big thing. You get something accomplished at the very beginning of the day. And that sets the tone. And I can't speak to the military aspects of it. <clears throat> but I would hope uh, that there are ways, and, and, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to be that guy. But I would hope that there are ways, you know, that, that you can recognize those moments when there's going to be a challenge. 
sometimes it's a surprise. I've 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 mentioned it. It hits me sometimes. But there are there are times you have to you have to pay attention. And pay attention to your it's situational awareness. Pay attention to your surroundings. And have those methods, habits, different ways to say, okay, when this goes, what's what am I in the what am I doing when this happens? What am I feeling when this happens? What am I thinking about when this happens? Try to recognize the triggers that set off those fits. And again, I am n- not by any means a mental health specialist. So so don't don't take this as any kind of official advice or or anything. This is just this is just me riffing off the top of my head. I don't think people talk about it enough. Now, um, you talk about uh, some different things. The, the National Institute of Mental Health has, uh, has several hotlines and some different things. This is, uh, you know, their suicide prevention. We've got a number of phone numbers that I put in the, in the show description. Certainly not a comprehensive list, uh, but it's a number of ones that I found. This is off of the off of the CDC website in in uh, in terms of the different phone numbers and some different uh, hotlines to call. That comes from there. Uh, there's also uh, the Wounded Warrior Project. There's Cars for Heroes. There are a number of organizations that are out there in order to help veterans get through the 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 stress and the and the anxiety of you know living in the real world, living in, in civilian life. And there's certainly room for that. And, and, and people, uh, people should look into, you know, supporting, supporting organizations and not just, not just for the veterans, but for various different people who are suffering from anxiety, who are dealing with depression. Um, but at the same time, you need to be careful that you're not getting drawn into agenda-driven material either, because there's some of that out there as well. Uh, this study from Yale, this is a uh, dateline April 12th. Uh, this is from the Yale News, Rita Belli, Belli, the author. And for the most part, this goes through here, talking about the mental stress, you know, mental health issues and the stress. But... Uh, it says here, in a new report, Yale researchers examined how the pandemic is affecting our brains, in particular the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that is involved in decision-making, impulse control, and emotional regulation. Now, that's also the part of the brain that gets developed the last as you get older, which is why you don't actually have very much self-control in your 20s because this part of the brain isn't fully formed yet. For 44 to 66 million disadvantaged Americans, the researchers say the pandemic is exacerbating existing stressors, including financial insecurity and systemic racism. And there it is. Which impairs prefrontal cortical performance that is critical for regulating emotions and coping among other functions. 
And the basic, the, thru, the basic thrust of all of the rest of this, when they're talking about disadvantaged Americans, they're talking about uh, race, they, it, this whole thing. And that's not what we need to be looking at in terms of how the, the lockdown and the pandemic has affected us. There are a lot of different factors involved here. Is race one of them? Maybe. Here's a report from Al Jazeera. How the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting mental health. Now, this is going back and looking at the World Health Organization, which we know has been compromised. This article from March 22nd, Elizabeth Melimopoulos Uh, In the years since the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus a pandemic, billions of lives around the world have been upended. Experts have warned of the mental health toll amid an increase in reports of anxiety, depression, and distress. Uh, Quote, from the beginning, from the very beginning of the pandemic, those of us who worked in the field knew that there would be a mental health crisis. Dr. Stephen Taylor, a professor and clinical psychologist at the University of British Columbia, an author of The Psychology of Pandemics, told Al Jazeera. And this goes through here and talks about various different things. Um, but it's looking at other countries outside of the U.S. And I thought it would be, inter- I thought it would be uh, of value to share a little bit of that because I don't see a whole lot, you know, in the, in the American media, they focus mostly on what's going on in the United States. They don't look at uh, things that are going on other places in terms of what's happening with the pandemic, how people are dealing with it. So uh, this is this is interesting to see. In Japan, the government created a Ministry of Loneliness, an initiative that came after the country saw a spike in suicide rates last year. Last month, so in February, Prime Minister Yoshihita Suga said women in particular were struggling with loneliness and urged the new minister of loneliness to identify solutions. Uh, that doesn't uh, that doesn't really say what solutions have been suggested. I don't know that anything has yet. According to preliminary numbers released by the National Police Agency, I'm assuming this is still in Japan, a total of 20,919 people took their lives in 2020, an increase of 750 from the previous year. Local media reported it was the first year-on-year increase in 11 years. Now, a couple of things to note there. That's 750 people more in 2020 than in 2019, which means in 2019 there were still more than 20,000 people committed suicide in Japan. That's concerning. In the United Kingdom, in the middle of the pandemic, charities also reported an increase in cases of loneliness among the elderly. According to research conducted by the U- in the UK by Pulse One in September 2020, 36% of the interviewed people reported feeling sometimes or often lonely during the pandemic. Uh, Dr. Joshua Klapau, a clinical psychologist, says here, individuals who don't have a strong social support network to begin and may end up being isolated by the nature of the disease are a vulnerable group. And this is, this is what we're talking about here. Have people to talk to, have people to interact with. 
have your have your support system in place i guess would be a thing because you know loneliness brings various different uh complications <clears throat> uh feelings of depression stress and anxiety it says here according to a study conducted by columbia university mailman school of public health Released in March, the global prevalence of depression and anxiety during COVID-19 was 24% and 21.3% respectively. Same report showed that prior to the pandemic in Asian countries, the estimate of depression prevalence ranged from 13 to 3.4%. So that's a dramatic increase. Uh, rates of anxiety in Asia prior to COVID-19 ranged from 2.1% to 4.1%, while in Europe, Estimates of anxiety prevalence prior to COVID were between 3 and 7.4%. Now, here's, here's where it gets a little interesting because they talk about all of this and then they spend a good amount of time praising the response to all of this in China. And that's where a little red flag starts to fly. And I'm not sure now about the objectivity of this report. <clears throat> because now we're started to talk about, it says here, China, where mental illnesses have long been stigmatized, has been praised for its efforts to tackle the mental health consequences of the pandemic. In January 2020, the National Health Commission of China shared principles to deal with the emergency psychological crisis and mental health hotlines were enabled across the country to offer counseling and psychological services. Good on them. It's always good to have resources for this kind of thing, in a general sense. <clears throat> but for Al Jazeera to spend several paragraphs on China's response and not anyone else's, it's kind of telling to me. Uh, the Guardian did a did a uh, did an editorial talking about you know mental mental health needing to be something that was focused on, and it had a couple of couple of responses. Uh, Doctor Lucy Johnstone, consultant and clinical psychologist from Brit Bristol. Uh, she says the mental health pandemic trope simply does not fit the evidence. So we're looking at the other side of this now. Yes, some people have suffered greatly, but the overall picture is of a population that is largely resilient, although understandably bored, lonely, and frustrated at times. Moreover, those who are struggling have not suddenly fallen victim to a mental illness that has unfortunately descended along with the virus. Research shows that these are the people most affected by the glaring long-term inequalities highlighted by the pandemic. So, so what she's saying is these people, the people who are suffering the most were all either already suffering from something that was made worse by the lockdown or they were showing tendencies toward that and the lockdown made things worse. And I can I can understand you know coming from that perspective because when I have something to do, so just speaking for myself here, when I have something to do, I have a a, a lower tendency 
to stew in my own depression. That's one of the reasons why I dive into my work a lot when I feel one of these things, one of, you know, one of these spells coming on, is if I have something to focus on other than the negativity of whatever, frustration at fill-in-the-blank, feelings of, of inadequacy, failure, you know, those kind of things. I focus on the things that I have control over. And it's like getting up in the morning and making your bed. If you if you get something done, is it endorphins? I don't know. Maybe. This is a conversation that needs to be had. There are, there are people that need to be talking to other people. Because I tell you folks, this lockdown and this pandemic stuff, it's not going away. And there are certain segments of the media sphere that are playing into it. Uh, we've got this, uh, This, I mean, this is just one example here. This is an article out of Advanced Television from April 19th. Love World, third coronavirus content breach. <coughs> Excuse me. Reading from the article. An investigation by UK, UK broadcast regulator Ofcom has found that coronavirus coverage on the religious satellite television channel Love World breached broadcasting rules for a third time. During two episodes of a current affairs program, full disclosure, presenters made a number of materially misleading and potentially harmful statements about the coronavirus pandemic and vaccines, which were made without scientific or other credible basis and which went without sufficient context or challenge. Now, <clears throat> the question, who's deciding what's true? Who's deciding what's not true? Who's deciding what information you get and what information you don't get? I ran across the thing the other day saying that uh, these, these vaccines are not technically vaccines. There's no, there's no virus in these vaccines. It's, a, it's an RNA strand. What does that do to your genetics? And now we're starting to see some side effects that nobody knew about before they took it. Or did they? And there is the question uh, of, of the clinical trials. These things have been distributed under an emergency order from the FDA and various different other health agencies around the world. Have they been properly vetted? Have they been effectively and sufficiently tested? I saw one that says the clinical trials aren't going to be done until 2023. So why are we rolling them out? Why is there such a push to get everyone vaccinated? I've seen, and, I, and I'm not saying that I'm buying into any of this stuff, but I've seen some people, I've seen a, a video from somebody who's, who says uh, she's a, vi a virologist and immunologist in the UK saying that some of these things affect lifespan, fertility, Do they? Where's the paperwork? Where's the research? How do we know? 
What do we know? And do we trust the people who are telling us what we should know? I've been in the media 32 years. And I know enough to know that some things are not what they say they are. And I'm not saying that this is the case here. But who decides what's true and what's not true? Who decides what information gets out there for you to make decisions with? <clears throat> it's just a question I ask. And more than likely, this, this stream may be demonetized by the time we're done. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do want to encourage people, <clears throat> if you are struggling, and all kidding aside here, I just want to, I, I want to make sure that I'm very clear here. If you are struggling with any kind of emotional stress, anxiety, depression, um, feelings of, I don't want to say inadequacy because that comes with it a certain connotation that I don't want to, I don't want to convey. If you feel like you're not up to snuff, you don't feel like you're up to the task, you don't feel like you're able to take on whatever it is that you need to take on in terms of responsibilities and priorities, talk to someone. And, you know, it could be, it could be somebody professional. It could be a professional, you know, psychologist, psychiatrist, you know, a counselor. It could be one of these hotlines. We put the numbers up. It could just be talk to your buddies, you know, talk, you know, go, go have coffee with your best friend, pull the masks off and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation and just, and just be people and just interact with people and reassure each other. It could be something as simple as that. It could be something that's that's more complicated than that. You might need. I we 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 definitely want to encourage you to talk to someone rather than do something drastic. Because I know from experience that when you get into a state, you have the the risk. You run the risk of making poor choices. And those poor choices have consequences. And some of those consequences are long-term. And I would much rather see everybody make better choices. And in some cases, that means delaying your choices until you're in your head a little bit better. And I want to encourage people talk to someone. If you're going, if if you're going through anything, talk to somebody. And it could just, you know, it could be something even, you know, getting in a chat on a live stream and saying, "Hey, I need, I need, I need to talk to somebody." We're around. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. There's right. Yeah. Um, SB the Every Fairy. You find her over on Twitch. She just she's got plenty of people in there who are just just there to vent and and 
it's one of those things where, you know, you find, you find, I don't want to say find your tribe, but find the group where you feel comfortable uh, discussing what you're going through and talk with somebody about it. All right, tomorrow I think we're going to go into the uh, the awards, the relevance of awards. Uh, we're going to get into that a little bit uh, tomorrow because I think it's I think it's a relevant conversation. And of course, it's a nice little swing away from what we talked about today because we talk about all sorts of different things. We talk about all sorts of different things. Let me do this. Let me. Let me real quick pull up, uh, where is it? Let me pull up SB's channel and put her, put her link in the chat. Uh, there she is, there's that. Um, now just, um, here we go, let's see, SB. All right, there's her channel there. We'll see. I mean, it's it's a resource, and you know she does have some training. But you can talk to a fairy if you've got nobody else to talk to. You can talk to a fairy. All right. Uh, Mazer <laughs> says need to get McKenna back to provide the necessary levels of being riled up. Well, not only that, but you know we're. Uh, we're suffering from a deficiency of eye rolls around here, so we'll we'll get to that. We'll, we're working on it. We're working on it. We'll see what happens. So anyway, there there we are for today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Uh, tonight on the H2O podcast, Mr. Harvey and I will be talking about what makes a villain. Last week, we talked about what makes a hero, so we're going to do the corollary tonight. And then tomorrow, uh, we will be back here to talk about... Um, awards and whether or not awards mean anything and then on wednesday robert rise riser reisler i gotta look that up um he's going to be in here on wednesday to talk about his book so we'll be doing that in the meantime if you're just finding this channel this this particular show covers a wide variety of topics we are all over the map on this one so uh if this is not your cup of tea we do have other shows that you can sample and we do invite you to subscribe and have your notifications turned on for when we next go live. And I do want to encourage people to check us out. Find us over on Odyssey. Uh, we have a channel set up over there that mirrors all of our pro promo, uh, uh, programming here. And at some point, we will be able to go live over there as well. And we'll be back tomorrow with more. So thanks very much for being here, folks. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2021 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 